Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me tonight is Wayne Bearwalt. Wayne is the curator for Nuit Blanche this year in Saskatoon, which is taking place this Saturday, October 1st, from 7 to late, along Victoria Park, stretching from Victoria Park to the Sid Buckwald Bridge. Thank you tonight for joining me, Wayne. Thanks for having me. So Nuit Blanche, the um, in, first of all, in full disclosure, I am a member of the board for Nuit Blanche, and uh-huh. I have been involved in organizing. Uh-huh. So we've had some conversations leading up, but uh, tell me a bit first about really the curatorial vision for this and some of the process leading up to now. Well, that's a long and winding story, but um, in brief, uh, I was interested in what happened uh, here for the first two iterations of Nuit Blanche and interested in its location along 20th street leading through the west end and i thought and and you know it was wild you had thousands of people come out and really interesting projects and all of that that was good i was thinking of uh, a more of a neutral zone a park setting something more idyllic in in a funny way even though it's at night and people are a little uncertain about going into dark park lands at night but i thought you know with ten thousand people around maybe people you know, an audience will feel different about uh, going out. And uh, then I thought, too, that we are in the West End, uh, essentially, and uh, it's a very uh, mixed uh, residential area where uh, you do have 38 social service agencies working. So there's something going on. There's a lot going on, good things and bad. And I I thought uh, one thing that we can all share in is food of some kind, you know, the idea of food, uh, the... the Pairing of food, uh, the inequities around food, you know, access to quality food issues. And uh, certainly I thought of uh, a great many artists who deal with food on one level or another, uh, certainly the conceptual level, thinking of, you know, salt or the tongue as a starting point and going from there into a very abstract project or other. And then there are uh, artists, of course, who are cooking all the time and uh, producing incredible food and talking about the food, where the food is sourced from, uh, uh, food safety, all all kinds of things beyond the aesthetics of the food. And I just thought, well, it's it's a rich terrain for local artists and for visiting artists to somehow think of cuisine as some sort of uh, element of change uh, of some kind, whether it's you know, uh, a conceptual change that has people thinking differently about the world or, you know, uh, really practical, has them thinking about food immediately in their neighborhood. So that was a starting point. That's great. And building from that, then, you've been both working with artists who applied through an open call here in Saskatoon, but then further flung curating artists from really part partway around the world at this point to come and be part of this. Yeah, they're very different artists. Um, Having come across two artists in Havana, um, most recently in the last year and a half, I I was certainly thinking about them when when this project started. Uh, One of them is from Russia. The other one grew up in Cuba uh, and really came of age just before the revolution in Cuba, which would be 1959, I believe, and lived, of course, through quite a tumultuous revolution uh, until uh, the uh, Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union uh, cut its ties with Cuba and um, he, he sort of experienced it all. So I was very interested in how they 
brought themselves together and how, how they actually work creatively and how they work uh, as a couple, they're married, uh, and what food plays in that relationship. Those relationships really plural. And so I, I really wanted to have them come and, and do something in a new country, but certainly based on that dynamic between them that becomes performative, that becomes a social sculpture, that becomes something unbridled and even works its way into sort of a new genre for, format outside performance art, beyond theater, maybe beyond social sculpture. So it's a bit of an experiment with a couple like this. And is this their first time coming to Canada for performance or? Uh, for him, this is his first time in North America. No kidding. So having lived in Havana, about a block and a half from the Habana Libra Hotel, which was the epicenter of the revolution uh, when it succeeded in 1959, uh, and having looked at Miami, uh, you know, 90 miles across the, uh, the, the ocean to, uh, to Florida for decades, and having been told for decades that America was the enemy, uh, and of course Canada had a different relationship with Cuba, but still, never having set foot in North America, you know, and he's 72 years old. It's interesting. It'd be very interesting to, to hear his observations. Well, and he's arriving on a plane around the time of the airing of this episode on Thursday evening. So, yeah, getting to experience this for the first time, mm-hmm. it's great. Well, mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit about the projects. Maybe we can mm-hmm. start there and talk about sure. Olga and Rolfredo, if that's all right. Yeah, we could do that, but I think we touched on them, but I think we should touch on Adrian Stimson. So start th- there? Yeah, because as some people are just coming into the country for the first time, Adrian is leaving the province after 13 years of living here and moving back to the Siksika Nation uh, Reservation in Alberta, uh, which is his homeland. And his mother is there, and he's really turning the page in his artistic career. So we're, we're saying goodbye to him, and he's leaving us with... I think quite a present. He's uh, going to be making uh, a bison pie, uh, quite a number of them, uh, as a performative action, as part of a cooking class, and using his various alter egos that he's developed over the last 20 years to present this uh, bison pie and to really animate uh, the park in a different way, welcome very different uh, groups of people to the park through this form of animation and conviviality. So yeah, we're very excited about this piece in, in particular. Well, and as you mentioned, he's leaving October 1st is his date of move, the same, or his last second, date, October 2nd, sorry. <laughs> yes, right after the, so the day after the Literally, he yeah. is moving. He is leaving town on the 2nd, yeah. And you were mentioning some of his uh, personas or alter egos that he does perform under, and this is going to be Buffalo Boy, is that correct? That will Buffalo be? Bo- Boy primarily, um, yeah, Buffalo Boy primarily is is the uh, the persona but I think he's going to be straying also into and he should be able to straying into galloping gourmet uh, uh, persona which if you remember in the what the 70s this was the first television chef uh, that made it really big um, all over the world and of course he leaps over furniture he has a glass of wine in his hand all of the time he's uh, a, a bit of a bon vivant and I think that is also what Adrian is going to take on. So he doesn't just get lodged in the persona of the Buffalo Boy. I think he's breaking out. He's he's actually appropriating other persona in his uh, performance. So it's going to be very interesting, very experimental, I think. 
Well, and for the listeners, I, I know Buffalo Boy has performed literally internationally, but for listeners who may not be as familiar, could you describe Buffalo Boy a bit? Well, I think by his own admission, it's a persona that's fairly skanky. There's, uh, you know, he's got this uh, glitter cowboy hat on. He might have a buffalo robe over his shoulders. He's got a string of pearls. He's definitely got lipstick on. And he's talking trash. Uh, So, but he alternates between talking trash and actually... um, you know, transferring knowledge uh, in a lot of ways when he's cooking, especially you have to look beautiful, but he's also, that's his claim. You have to look beautiful, but there's this also his claim that you have to uh, want to transfer, you know, traditional knowledge about um, a bison pie being a part of traditional uh, indigenous culture. So he does that at the same time. You know, there's this sense of conviviality and, uh, you know, a party atmosphere. But at the same time, he's very serious about this sharing of knowledge uh, around traditional indigenous foods. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch as how it unfolds six times through the evening. Six, six, six half hour classes throughout the night. Right. Uh, televised cooking class for the audience to watch or... That's what it will mimic. Right. But... Again, I think he's going to sort of break loose and um, certainly feel comfortable himself, but try to make everyone, you know, in the audience feel comfortable about what he's doing and um, make it sort of a family affair. I think he's like really hoping that all kinds of people will appreciate both the sophistication of the sharing of knowledge and the sort of trashy character of uh, Buffalo Boy. Right. And... To speak a little bit again to some of those sort of overarching themes that Adrian is uh, intersecting with, this is also about, to some extent, reconciliation, correct? Yeah, it's a first step. It's a step. It's a baby step, maybe. And I think it's coming from uh, an Aboriginal uh, perspective rather than anywhere else. It's it's a uh, an artist first of all of aboriginal descent happens to be of aboriginal descent sort of giving back giving a a parting um recipe for one thing the recipe will be made available but but leaving something you know this concept of a bison pie that could feed a population the best way possible with the most natural ingredients um something that's totally nutritional nutritional high in protein he's leaving that as a gift to the people of Saskatoon. I think that's very interesting. And then the other artist that's involved with Adrian's project is Ricardo Oconza? Yeah. Ocaranza. Ocaranza, yeah. He's a Basque artist from uh, San Sebastian, which, strangely enough, is a foodie capital in the world. Um, he brings, you know, an interest in food, certainly, but he's he's better known as a documentary photographer, I guess you say, art photographer, maybe, but a collaborator. And uh, Adrian and... Uh, Ricardo knew each other at the Banff Center when they were there about six years ago in residence. So there was already a, um, a relationship there that formed around portraiture and how they would, uh, how Ricardo was interested in the way uh, Adrian presented himself for, for portraiture. Um, there's that, but there's also maybe something else that's quite symbolic. You know, um, um, Ricardo is a Basque, Spaniard, Spanish. Uh, And if you think back to what, say the 1400s or the 1500s, you know, who came to America first and, you know, had a a very troubled relationship with Aboriginal people right from the get-go, whether you're talking about Central America, 
the Americas period. And I think there's something strangely symbolic there that might point to reconciliation because Adrian is also inviting Ricardo to be part of this this uh, performance piece instead of the other way r- around. So uh, Adrian's taking the lead on this and maybe representing something of a changing uh, Aboriginal culture, a changing power structure, maybe, that could start with reconciliation. So there's something strangely symbolic about that that I think will get actually uh, summed up better in a form of critique after the event. Right. So, so some some points of conversation that could follow, some starting absolutely. points there. If you, yeah, if you think about it, and if these, if individuals can still represent countries or re- represent um, history in, in some way as, as uh, symbolic voices, you know, uh, in the present, it'd be interesting to see if one could speculate afterwards. And in terms of the performance itself, then this will be taking place inside a, a, t- a tenth-like structure, but there'll be projections that Ricardo's creating, correct? And then yeah. that, and then Adrian there is Buffalo Boy doing this uh, presentation, this yeah. cooking class. So very much so. Uh, I mean, um, right now this week they are collecting images, moving images and still images uh, within the city and just outside of the city in in uh, natural settings, uh, footage and images that are going to be used in this compilation Lovely. of images. Um, definitely doing that. Moving down from that, we might just touch on some of these projects uh, sure. slightly briefer, but I think another one near Adrian's. So Adrian is positioned near the west end of the park by the skate park, to my understanding. That's right. And then yeah. moving a little eastward, so now moving along the park, we have Kara Uzelman, mm-hmm. uh, artist from Nokomis, so a, a mm-hmm. local artist here. Could you touch on her project briefly for us? Yeah, she's really well known for a, a type of installation art that... that um, either pretends to or in actuality excavates a site and brings the, the matter that is excavated, whether they be uh, it be tools and earth and rocks and bone matter, etc., uh, to the forefront and, and arranges them in an installation format and, and applies some sort of order or system to understanding that matter. So she's quite well known for that. She's going to be doing something of a faux archaeological uh, dig uh, on the riverbank. There were two other digs over the last, I think, 40, 50 years uh, downriver that are quite significant. She's going to be reflecting on that. Um, What she produces is a a bit of a mystery in terms of her installation, but it's going to be well lit. And she's going to be on, on hand to interpret the installation, which I think is really important. It's not as if you're, you know, entering the disemboweled white cube and looking at this rather high conceptual work. She's there actually to have you understand what she's doing. To explain it, to engage with the audience, to bring her particular practice. Exactly. All right. So then moving further down the river, who do we see next? Well, we should see Lisa Hermer, but across the meadow from Adrian, rather, which would be to the west, northwest. Okay. You, you, anyway, a lot of these projects, you, you'll be able to look out from Adrian's vantage point and, and notice uh, downriver and actually upriver, if we look at Mindy Ann Miller's work, you'll, you'll see these sites from a distance and you, you'll be able to, they will attract you one way or another. So STEAM is another project. This is a a group of uh, students from fine arts and engineering who have come together to really like 
uh, it's a bit of a, a meditation on the last 60 years of farming and innovation in Saskatchewan. And they're doing kind of a crazy sculpture that, uh, you know, self-destructs and what you're left with are a whole series of, of images, moving images and still images of the future, the present of farming, the present day notion of farming and then, and then the future. So it's going to be, again, for them, it's a true experiment. They don't know if the sculpture is going to stand at the end of the night. So there's something quite exciting about it. Well, and STEAM is a collection of arts and engineering students at the U of S led by a couple right. of their professors, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah, there's one uh, professor, um, Rick Retzlaff, who's been really instrumental in, in uh, helping them think, certainly for, from the engineering uh, point of view, how this piece comes together as a sculpture and then how, how you practically <laughs> de deconstruct it in a public setting. So it's... It's really exciting. Well, because one part of Nuit Blanche is not just the setup, but how does this all go away that night as well? So that's yeah, that's, that's part of it. <laughs> the the behind the scenes as it was. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So let's continue on downward. Then we could look at Lisa Hermer. Sure. Um, she is doing something like she's very interested in, of course, site specific work. She's interested in groundwater here and the quality of our groundwater and uh, water period, which should be uh, precious um, to all of us. Uh, and she's wanting to have an audience think differently about groundwater, collecting it in a very practical way, uh, purifying it, and then sharing it on site so that what you get as perhaps a thimbleful of water fr from the area, purified water, water, is something you think about differently when you take one sip of it and realize how an artist has processed that uh, moisture, moisture turned to, to uh, um, collected water. So her process then is in part making known or making visible some of these purification or water collection processes that we may take for granted? Yeah, and bringing uh, the potential forward. If we think we're living in a relatively dry land, we're, we're, how do you collect moisture? How does an artist do it? How does an artist then uh, present that mo moisture in a very sophisticated way so that again, we have another piece of social sculpture? Right, and Lisa's coming to us from Eastern Canada, Ontario, or? Yeah, she's from Guelph, I believe. Okay. Which is kind of the epicenter for, you know, um, um, agra, new agribusiness and, uh, and research in ag agriculture. So it's kind of interesting. Hmm. She'll be uh, someone you want to meet, actually, if you come out. And again, she'll be on site. She'll really want to discuss the, uh, the creative process behind this and, uh, and meet people here in Saskatoon. Yeah, I'd say that's one of the hallmarks of this particular, your vision for Nuit Blanche is that the artists are present, that, that that interaction with them, that performative aspect is part of the work. It's not work that's installed and then just viewed, yeah. but the artists are there, right? I can't think of an exception, actually. Most of the artists are there, and certainly if they're playing a particular role in a performance for a period of time, whether it's six minutes or 30 minutes, after that, you can speak to them and... The, and have that sort of relationship with the content that they're delivering that night in kind of an exciting way. So great. All right, let's continue on down that river yeah. then. So if you then backtrack a little bit, you'll find uh, Minty Yan Miller, and she's doing something quite critical, I guess. Also working with a liquid, the ubiquitous Coca-Cola, which uh, a lot of people think is like uh, you know one of the essential foods. But it's it's not, of course. It rots your guts. It rots your teeth. 
And it's suspect in terms of being the stimulus for, you know, the diabetes epidemic that we're, we're faced with. She's doing something quite um, radical in, in a funny way, old school sort of way, I might say. She's doing a Coke dump. And she's um, really um, doing something uh, in a playful way, but dumping as much Coke as possible over a six-hour period onto uh, two rain-coated singers who will be from the, from the University of Saskatchewan, trained singers who are going to be singing some sort of version of, of, of I'd like to teach the world to sing, the old jingle from uh, Coca-Cola ads, what, 40 years ago? So a literal Coke dump then on, on these people. It's a little literal Coke dump. Um, I don't think I have the title of it right, but it's, it's changed slightly over the last three weeks. But you get the picture. Sure. It's, it's going to be kind of exciting. And uh, one of those, you know, if I were to stand outside my curatorial road, role and outside of the art world, I'd say that's pretty goofy. But at the same time, when you start thinking about um, what she is doing, you might actually concede that that's, you, you might concede that that's exactly what you would love to do too. So there's something quite heartwarming about it. It's, uh, it's radical, but heartwarming at the same time. Great. All right. So continuing on after we've backtracked a little there. What yeah. Uh, Tamara Rusnik uh, is working with students from Aidan Bowman Collegiate. And they've really, you know, not, not wanting to single one out or another, but they've really wanted to work collectively to, uh, to use refuse that is really common to uh, high school uh, students and to university students, which is, you know, polar pops, they're called, and, and, and uh, Pizza Hut boxes, the sort of trashy foods that are, are uh, um, inundate the schools. And they're going to be collecting these uh, containers. They're usually styrofoam or flimsy sort of paper and using them in design and build projects on site. So again, they're, they're going to be lit in a certain way from, from inside, from the interior. And uh, they're, they're going to make quite a statement. As sculptures that the students make on the day, I believe, on site. And they should be around as well to also comment, you know, with the instructors about just what they were thinking of when they were making these. So I think the sort of rapport between Tamara Rusnik and others on staff at the school and the students that night very interesting mm -hmm. so almost like a public debate that i think ultimately comes performative in its own way oh, lovely and i think that brings us to the cubans the cubans yes uh olga chikadinova is uh from russia originally but uh moved to cuba a little while ago um i believe with a canadian passport she came from vladivostok to canada about 15 years ago but is now a canadian citizen but has married Wilfredo Candebat Luzon, who's a playwright, an actor, film and stage actor in uh, Cuba. And they set up shop in Havana and are, you know, producing performance works there, pr producing videos, uh, working in film production. Uh, they're, they're very active there. This is, again, their first time here. They're, they're going to be doing a, a strange durational um, performance piece, which is a six hour long piece called Scenes from a Marriage. And they're going to be discussing everything that they would normally be discussing to the absurd end point. Everything from uh, Soviet-Cuban -Cub relations, uh, Soviet-Cuban food and how you make food, indigenous foods 
from Cuba, um, how they've been integrated into uh, Cuban cuisine, uh, race relations. They're going to be discussing all of these things. So part of it is scripted. They've got it par partially scripted, and they're going to be meeting with students from the University of Saskatchewan to probably have them alter the script to some extent and also play a role as documentary photographers, working very closely with, with Olga and Wilfredo on, on set. That's great. We're running short on time, so maybe we'll flip through these last few fairly quickly. Yeah, I think BAM is very interesting. Interestingly enough, doing something quite critical. If, if Mindy is doing something that, you know, uh, uh, attacks Coca-Cola in a, in a strange way through performance art, I think BAM and Aurelia Maxwell, Andy Polinchuk and Derek Sandback have gotten together and I think essentially they're looking at the sort of gentrification process that takes place along 20th Street, looking at the kind of restaurants that have come into uh, a working class neighborhood and made food seem inaccessible to the people living there. And they're producing something called Minuit, uh, which is really um, presenting the minimal, minimalist food, you know, like half a meatball and one noodle mm -hmm. would be your entree and presenting that in a certain way to invited guests and asking them, I think in a roundabout way, through, through performance to th think again about how gentrification works, how insidious it can, can work in their immediate neighborhood and how it excludes people and excludes people from the food chain. Right. So it's in a roundabout way, I think it's a very powerful piece that they're doing. And this will, as we were mentioning, stretch from uh, the basically the west end of Victoria Park, where the skate park is, through to the Sid Buckwald Bridge. Uh, Kate Francis, an artist who I've worked with through Void, will be presenting a project at the Farmer's Market, the printer jam, where people actually get to print uh, actual physical prints onto toast, onto bread, using jams, and get to eat this afterwards. So a fun and playful way of interacting with our food. Uh, just on a very technical level, too, that Farmer's Market is also going to the ideas inside the building, not the farmer's market side, but the ideas inside will serve as a washroom space, as a meeting space too, during the festival. And will mark somewhat of the eastern boundary there right. as we're moving through. Yeah. Right at the east, though, at under the Sid Buckwald Bridge from 7 to 9 the same evening is I Am The Bridge, which is the City of Saskatoon Culture Days project that is talking about food security issues related to food from various perspectives in our city. It's a project organized through Paved Arts that allows members of our community to submit and then have their video shown in a very a family-friendly but a very inclusive presentation. At the start of that as well, there will be Marcel Petit's photo voice project that he has done looking again at issues related to food. So, you know, as we were talking very much about the West End of the festival, there will be some very interesting projects happening from 7 to 9 on the Eastern side too. Uh, farm, there will be a small a night market, the farmer's market as well from 7 to 9. So some things for maybe the family to see there to start off. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with, Wayne, as we're finishing up here? Uh, no, I, I just think that we, we kind of stretch things too because the, uh, the Saskatoon Public Library is involved. They're bringing something from their base, you know, in the downtown. And Leah Rosenberg at the uh, Kenderdine Art Gallery has an installation that opens on Friday. Uh, and she's bringing something of her installation into Nuit Blanche, uh, thanks to uh, Leah Taylor. So, uh, yeah, there's there are things there are parts of the program that are being parachuted in in a really wonderful way. There's this great uh, synchronicity here. Well, and then we have Charlene Vickers from AKA 
and Gabrielle Garcia Luna and Carrie Fox, who are both doing uh, performative uh, moving pieces throughout the night. Yeah, exactly. So, so moving in and out of the park. And uh, yeah, the rest is a surprise. There we go. Well, thank you again for joining us, Wayne. Thanks very much, Michael. Uh, again, I'm Michael. This has been Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. A reminder, you can follow us on social media. We'll throw up a link to Nuit Blanche so you can find out about the full program ahead of time and plan your evening. If you'd like to listen to this episode again or any of our past episodes, you can find us. We're unframedradio.com and we have a podcast on iTunes. Thank you and have a good evening.